Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. I wish I could take what's in those kids and package it up and keep it in adults. Hmm? The energy, the excitement, the passion, the expectation, the joy, the innocence, the simplistic faith. How many of you know we just need to wrap that up and put it in adults? Good man, we'd have a lot of more fun in church, wouldn't we? Come on. My wife often says I'm a 12-year-old stuck in an adult body. Randy Kelly said to me one day, trust me, it's not stuck. All right? But, but, the, but the point is, there's a part of that we should never lose. We just shouldn't lose a part of it. Really. Let's become kids again when it comes to God. Anyhow, okay. All right, let me act like an adult now. Please turn with me in your Bible. to Act dignified. just looking around. Remember the, remember the show, Miss Patty? How many remember that show? <laughs> I see Barb. I see Jerry. I see George. <laughs> okay, I'll stop being weird. No, I won't. Not a chance. Turn with me. Exodus, two places in the Bible. You can use an iPad, iPhone, paper Bible, paper bag, whatever. Turn with me to Exodus 14. And then I want you to put your finger or whatever you're doing that phone to, I want you to put Ephesians 6. All right. Last week, during the worship time, Troy pulled out a song we haven't sang in quite a while called The Stand. And during that time, I really felt the Lord speaking a message to me that he wanted me to speak right at that moment concerning it's time for people to take a stand. Sometimes you just have to take a stand, right? And I talked a little bit about that using this, and I've really have been mulling over it all week. And um, so I really felt that I needed to come back this week and preach from this and using it and expounding upon it. And, and so I'm going to do that. Let me set the table for you on where we are at in Scripture that God's people had been in Egypt for hundreds of years. They were there 430 years. Many of those years they were there as uh, slaves, cruelly treated, oppressed, persecuted, children being killed. It was just a bad deal, all right? But God, how many know God comes to a point where God has enough? And when God has enough, how many know he's ready to take a stand? And he's taking a stand on your behalf. And so he begins to take a stand, and he begins to move, and he begins a plan to liberate his people from the bondage of Egypt. And he does that. He raises up a man named Moses. He sends Moses back as a deliverer being used by him to go back and confront Pharaoh, let my people go. And then God began to bring judgment after judgment after judgment upon Egypt as as a way of enticing Pharaoh to release his people. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, but Pharaoh wouldn't. Time after time, 10 plagues came upon them and Pharaoh would say no. Till finally, one final judgment came. That judgment was death on the firstborn, except for those who were under the blood of the Passover lamb. Remember, they took the lamb without spot, without blemish. They killed that lamb, and then they took the blood, and they put it on the lintel of the doorpost, the doorpost of the house. And anybody under the blood would be passed over, and the death would not come to that house. Pharaoh's firstborns killed. Firstborn of Egypt are killed. Till finally, Pharaoh says, man, get out of here. Get out of here. Get away from me. I release you. And God had done this by his own power. Israel did nothing to make it happen other than put the blood on the doorpost. 
Their strength did not work their own salvation. Their strength did not work their own liberation. Their strength did not work their own deliverance. It's amazing we can read this in Scripture and yet sometimes still try in our own strength to bring deliverance to our lives. And you see this. God did it. God led them out of Egypt. He led them by his presence, which is manifest presence, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. He did this, the Bible says, so they could travel by both day and night. And he never took it away. The manifest presence of God was a constant reality in their life. How many of you know today that the manifest presence of God is still a reality on a constant basis for you and I? How many of you know that's why the Holy Spirit dwells within us? The Holy Spirit is the manifest presence of God in our lives on a daily basis to guide us, lead us, take us places, teach us. Now, Pharaoh, Bible says, had second thoughts. And he begins to pursue the Israelites. The Bible says he took his people with him. He took 600 select chariots. He took other chariots of Egypt. He took all the officers over them. He chased after the sons of Israel as they were leaving. He chased after them with all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his army. And he overtook them as he got to the Red Sea. And now the people of Israel are face to face with the enemy who had oppressed them and bound them for hundreds of years. And they're getting ready to go on the other side. And now here is that evil oppressor breathing down their neck to once again enslave them and oppress them and take them captive. The day of evil had arrived. How many know there are still evil days? As long as there's a devil, there are going to be some evil days. The moment of evil had arrived with all that it had at its disposal, all right, to bring the Israelites back under bondage, to bring them back into oppression, to make them slaves again, to make them servants of evil again. Now, what happens? We pick it up in verse, 14, uh, verse 10 of chapter 14. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to God. How many think that in the day of evil, it's a good thing to cry out to God? It is. But it's kind of funny. They cried out to God, but it wasn't a cry of faith. It wasn't a cry or the sound of faith. It wasn't the sound of hope. It wasn't the sound of expectation. It was the sound of fear. It was the sound of defeat. It was a faithless cry that went up to God. Come on. Is anybody in here ever want to admit that sometimes in your life, the cry that you lift up to God is anything but a faith-filled cry? That sometimes there's been a cry of defeat. Sometimes there's been a cry of anguish. Sometimes a cry of anxiety. Sometimes a cry of, oh, God, what are you doing to me? Anybody ever have that? Penny, what are you doing on this side? She defected from the Tyrone crew. She has finally left Egypt. (laughs) She's on this side of the Red Sea. (laughs) Everything's an illustration. (laughs) Listen, what they cried out. And this was what they cried out. Read it. Is this because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? God, what are you doing to us? Why have you dealt with us this way, bringing us out of Egypt? 
We told you, leave us alone so we could serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness. Really? Do you know the wilderness was the land of freedom? They'd rather die in the land of bondage under the oppression. But isn't it amazing how hardship and difficulty and trial will bring us to a place of thinking yesterday was better than today when yesterday was in bondage and today is in freedom? This sounds like some Christians when evil hits our life. The sound of some Christians when the day of hardship comes. We respond with fear. We respond with questioning God and his motives. They're questioning God's motives. They're questioning his heart. They responded with despair. Sometimes we respond with despair. We respond with the sound of defeat. We respond with the sound of doubt. We respond without an expectation that our God who delivered us will continue to deliver us. So Moses gives a response, which God gives it through him. And what does he say? Verse 13. But Moses says, don't fear. Stand by and see. Three things he said. Don't fear. Stand and see. Tell you what, there's going to be times in your life. We did this week VBS. VBS was done four themes. There were four themes, Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The first night was be strong. The second night was be brave. Listen to me. There's times in your life where you just have to have courage. And courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving in spite of fear. Amen? Sometimes you just have to move even though you feel fear. All right? And so Moses says, don't fear, stand and see. Why? Watch what he says. Why would you not have fear? Why would you stand and why would you see? Because what's what the Bible says? He says, because, this is what's going to happen, the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. All right? Don't fear. Stand still and see his salvation because God's going to work on your behalf. He's going to accomplish it. The battle you face today, you won't face tomorrow. And he's going to fight for you while you keep silent. Must not have been a Pentecostal crowd, huh? All right. Did you ever just want to, did you ever just want to, like, help somebody and you just have to tell them, be quiet first? <clears throat> I mean, listen, sometimes, I don't profess to be the best counselor in the world. I can take you to the Word of God and I can show you things. But let me tell you something. Sometimes people come to my office, all they want to do is do all the talking. And you just want to say, <clears throat> excuse me, could you be quiet? I'm trying to help you. Shh. Quiet. You ever had to tell your child? Shh. No, not even. I have my coffee in my, in my tumbler. So watch this. Now, what I want to talk about for a few moments is the ability to stand. Okay, listen to me. There are times in your life, there are times in my life, where the day of evil comes and the day of evil hits. And a day of hardship, and trial, tribulation comes at you. And you've got to say, you know what? I ain't moving. I'm going to stand. Hit me with your best shot, sucker. Because he's a punk. He's a bully. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He's a liar. Hmm? I mean, bullying has been going on for thousands of years. (laughs) He's bullied a lot of Christians over the years. Back into oppression. And so I want to talk to you about their ability to stand. And they would stand and they would see the salvation of God. But I want to show you something. All right? 
they would stand. How would they stand? Ephesians chapter 6, go there for a moment. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul told the Ephesians, he said, finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. All right. I don't stand on my strength. You don't stand on your power. You don't stand on your You stand because it's God who is mighty. You stand because it's God who's strong. All right. My ability to stand has nothing to do with my strength. It has nothing to do with my power. It has nothing to do with my ability. It has everything to do with his power. God, listen to me. God had already exercised his might against Egypt on behalf of Israel. They were free because he was exercising his might, his power, his authority. They were free because of his right hand. When hardship came to King David back in the Old Testament, it tells us that he strengthened himself in the Lord. Do you know sometimes we just have to learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord? To be strong in him? Sometimes we're too focused and worried about how do I become strong? No, 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 no. I'm going to stand and rest in his strength because it's his strength that will cause me to stand. Calvary, listen to me, Calvary was God exercising his might against the principalities and the authorities that once held you hostage. How do you stand today? You stand today against the enemy because of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. When God exercised his power and his might on Calvary's cross to bring you freedom. Calvary was God exercising his might against the powers that the Bible says he disarmed. I can stand in God's strength against a power that has no arms against me. We act as, we sometimes act as if he actually has something that can hurt me. They stood. They would stand. The reason that you stand, the reason that they stood was because of the power and might of God. Secondly, they would stand. Listen to me. I love this section. Just pay attention. Just get this morning. They stood and they were able to stand because they were covered by his armor, not theirs. Now, look at this. Paul said in Ephesians, where I have you put your other finger, put on the full armor of God. What's the armor of God for? So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. He's a schemer. Anybody know any schemers? <laughs> all right. He's a schemer. He's got a scheme. Wiles. Tries to beguile you. All right. Now listen to me for a moment. These are ex-slaves leaving Israel or Egypt. And they didn't have any armor. All right. They didn't have any armor. They, this is what they left with. They left Egypt with each man and woman. Asking his neighbor for silver, gold, and fabric, clothing. They left with, the Bible says, cattle, livestock, okay? They left with all these things when they left, but they did not leave with armor. They didn't have swords. They didn't have spears. They didn't have shields. They didn't have weapons of war. They were slaves, all right? But let me tell you what they had. The silver and the gold and the fabric and the animals were all to be used one day in worship at the tabernacle. What they had in their disposal were the weapons of worship. And when you have the weapons of worship, you don't need the weapons of war. What they had was what God told them to leave with, and that will be enough for you because it will be me that works on your behalf. They didn't have swords, spears, shields, clubs, or armor. They didn't have any weaponry. But what they had was more dangerous than any of the armies of Egypt had to offer. 
they would stand with the things that would worship God and God would work valiantly on their behalf. Listen to me this morning. You want to take a stand when the devil comes at you? You take a stand in worship. Take, I'm just telling you. Take a stand in worship. Take a stand in praise and you watch your God work valiantly on your behalf. He said, you stand. Paul said in Ephesians, stand with the belt of truth. Come on, how many know they had the truth of God? They had the truth of God's word. They were standing. They were going to stand in that spot while the enemy came and they were standing on truth. He said, you stand in the, with the breastplate of righteousness. Listen to me. The blood of the lamb was covering them. How many know they were righteous because of the blood of the lamb that was put on the doorpost? They were standing with the armor of God. Listen to me. Shoes fitted for peace. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. Listen to me. It is more important that you hold up the shield of faith than what comes out of your mouth. Because listen to me, it's a short, the Bible says the shield of faith puts out the arrows of the devil. Faith, let faith rise up in your heart. Let faith rise up out of your mouth. Let faith rise up in your heart and come out of your life. Faith. They responded with anything but faith. The helmet of salvation. God just saved them, delivered them by the blood of the Lamb. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Listen to me. They didn't have the Bible at their disposal. They had the word of God spoken to them. Anybody got a word of God? Anybody ever get a word from God to stand on? You know God still speaks to you? Do you know God will speak through his written word? Do you know God will speak through his Holy Spirit? Do you know God will speak, still speak a word to you that you can stand upon? They had all these things at their disposal. And they stood they would stand covered in his armor, not theirs. They would stand, watch this. They were able to stand, and what they were standing on, they didn't even, I'm not even sure they knew. They stood on a promise that came from God to an earlier generation. Let me read your scripture. I mean, you know, God made a promise to Abraham. He made a promise to Abraham, went like this. Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs. And they will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for hundreds of years. But, everybody say, but. I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. Listen to me this morning. My, they don't, may, may not have remembered it. They may not have knew it. But I will tell you this much. They were standing, and they were standing on a promise that God made to their forefathers, that God made to their grandfathers and their grandmothers. And listen to me this morning. Some of you are here today because God's been faithful to the promise of an earlier generation in your life. You got a promise to stand on? Does anybody got a promise in this house to stand on? Is anybody awake here this morning? Am I that stinking boring this morning? Come on. Has anybody got a problem? Okay, maybe you don't have one to stand on. Let me ask you a question. Can God make one to you for the next generation? Hmm? He made a promise to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, this is what he said. He said, you will, he said, you shall put them on your sons and your daughters and you shall plunder the Egyptians when you leave. They didn't leave there empty-handed. They left there with silver, gold, fabric, and animals, and they took all those things and they worshiped their God with them. Listen to me this morning. Your past life in bondage was not better than your present life in freedom. You got the riches of God today. 
Not better. It was never, it was never better. I listen to testimonies sometimes, and I want to slap people. Oh, and I was this, and I was that, and I was serving the devil. I had money, and I had this. And it almost makes it sound better. It wasn't better. I don't care how much money you made selling drugs or cheating people. It was never better. You didn't get saved from a former better self to now. No. You're a new creation. You're saved. The old is gone. The new has come. God made a promise to Abraham. I will deliver them, Abraham. God made a promise to Moses. Some of you need to stand today on a promise to a past generation. They would stand. Listen to me. They would stand. They stood still on the earth, planted their feet, while God won the battle in the heavenly realm. Where's the battle? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rollers and the authorities and the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. But it's so much easier to focus on a fleshly battle, isn't it? Hmm? When I can see you and I can look at you, you can become my enemy. When you're narrowly not my enemy, the enemy's in the heavenly realm. I'm going to tell you what. Be here on August 20th, a couple weeks from now. Going to have a man preach that day. His name is Paul I. A-I. Paul I was saved in Vietnam. He's from Vietnam. He was a witch master, which is the highest you can go. He was a witch master. And he served 3,360-some gods. He would go to the Crusades when the missionaries started to come to Vietnam. And he would sacrifice to these gods, and he would go to the Crusades to try to disrupt them with all the gods that he worshipped. And he'd get there, and he couldn't do anything. He went the first night with a 1,000 gods. Couldn't do anything. He went the second night. All night he worshipped, and he sacrificed to 2,000 gods. And he went with 2,000 gods to the Crusades to disrupt the Crusades. He said, and people kept getting saved, and people kept singing. So he went the third night, and he went with all 3,360-some gods. He was going to go disrupt everything. And so he rode his moped to the place of the crusade. He parked it, and this is what he says. He left 70 gods to guard his moped. Went to the crusade. All right, when he went to the crusade... Nothing happened. He couldn't make anything happen. They kept getting more happy. They kept getting singing. They keep, he got saved, radically saved that night. Went back to get his moped. It was stolen. All right? He tells the story. I met this man. I was with this man in China. I met him last, uh, this spring in, in Houston. And, and he tells the story. Now, listen to me. When you know the power of the dark side, you come to an understanding of knowing the power that God has. In that spiritual realm. He tells the story about how in his, in his idolatry of how his gods would protect him from the police. The police would be in his house looking for him. He would be standing in the living room with them and they could not see him. And now this man for the last 40 years has been preaching the gospel, planting churches all across Asia. Is it a man of God? He's going to be here, and he'll do, I believe he'll bring out some of this heavenly realm battle. You see, we are on the earth, 
But our battle's not on the earth. It manifests itself sometimes on the earth. But how many know it's in the heavenly realms? It's against principalities and powers. And the people of God, they were standing on the earth. They could see Pharaoh. But how many know God was defeating Pharaoh, not on the earth, but in the spirit realm that brought victory on the earth? We've got to understand today, we make our stand on the earth while God wins the battle in the heavenly realm. They would stand on the earth while God Listen, the Bible says, this is what the Bible says, that the pillar of cloud came between Israel and Egypt. But I, th- I love how it says it. It says that it brought light to the one side and darkness to the other. Isn't it amazing that the thing that God uses to bring you light is the same thing he uses to blind the eyes of darkness? The thing that brings you light is the very thing that he blinds the eyes of darkness. He stood between that which would destroy them. You stand today not because you're standing in strength. You're standing because God is standing between you and evil. I told you the story a couple years ago. We were at the house, Carson and I. And we're loading up stuff in the back of the Lincoln out of the garage. And we're just her and I. Pappy. And she's like two and a half at that time. Pappy, there's a bear out there. There's no bear out there, Carson. A couple minutes later, Pappy, there's a bear in the woods. Carson, there's no bear in the woods. A couple minutes later. Pappy, there's a bear in the woods. Carson, look, come here. There is no bear. There is a bear in the woods. Okay, you get behind me. All right, because if the bear is going to attack, I mean, the bear, which we know they probably are, but if the bear is going to attack, I mean, the bear is going to go through Pappy to get to her. Can I just tell you this morning that if your enemy is going to attack, he's got to go through God to get you. But sometimes we're not willing to stand. Sometimes we're not willing to stand still. Sometimes he's trying to defend us, and he's like, where'd you go? I had you covered. What are you doing over there? What are you doing over there? Would you stand still? Because what? We want to operate by what we see. We want to operate by what we hear. We want to operate by sight, not faith. And the moment we see something, we run. The moment we hear something, we run. God's saying, would you chill? Would you stand? I got you. I got you covered. The cloud that brought light to Israel so they could move is the very thing that brought darkness to the enemy. They would stand. Listen to me. You get this. Just get this. If you get nothing else today, get this one. Okay? Verse, verse 25. No, verse 24. At the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve, and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. If you get nothing else, take a stand. If you will stand, the enemy that pursued you will now be the enemy that flees from you. <laughs> and they did nothing except stand. 
They did nothing except stand in the power of God. They did nothing but stand in the strength and the power of God. They did nothing but stand still and see the deliverance of God. They did nothing but stand. And all of a sudden, God worked on their behalf that caused the enemy to flee. The Bible says if you resist him, how he will flee. Do you know this morning that your job is not necessarily that you have to rebuke him? How many know God will rebuke him? Just stand. Just stand. Plant two feet in the ground and say, I shall not be moved because of who my God is. And he flee. He will flee from you. What happens? God says, the battle, that, that thing you face in the day, if you'll stand still, you'll never see that again in your life. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. There are times in your life, there are times in your life where you're going to be tested and you're going to be tried. What you believe is going to be tested and tried. The theory of Scripture that you've held in your heart for years is going to be tested and tried. And you're going to stand, and when you stand, that theory is going to be truth in your life, and that truth is going to turn into a, a testimony where all of a sudden you're going to say, let me tell you what I learned about God in this moment of what he took me through and how he brought me out, and it becomes a testimony off of your lips and a revelation of who he is. But then watch this. I love it. They cross that Red Sea. What happens? All of a sudden... They stood, God worked, they crossed over, and then they began to sing. And then they began to sing. Their standing gave birth to singing. Their standing gave birth to a song, and they sang. And this is what they sang. I will sing to the Lord. Spontaneous worship erupted out of their moment. Come on, Troy. Where are you at? Troy! He didn't think I'd be done yet. No faith. Listen to me. When you come to a place in your life where you know all hell has come at you, and all hell has tried to destroy you, and God defeated hell in your life, and you crossed over from life, death to life, you don't need a worship leader because you will spontaneously worship your God. You don't need somebody to lead you in a song. You don't need somebody to get you wound up. You don't need somebody to touch your heartstrings to get you to sing. You don't need somebody because it'll just spontaneously bubble up and it'll boil over. You'll say, I will sing to the Lord because my God has worked on my behalf. You don't need somebody to lead you. He said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. 
Now I sing because I saw the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. This is the song that they sang. I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. I just watched Pharaoh's horses and I just watched his chariots and I watched the rider be thrown into the sea. I don't need you to lead me in song. I got my own song. I got my own testimony. I got my own melody. Come on, church, don't you got that? You don't need Troy. He's fired. Just kidding. He don't soon get his butt in here, he's going to be fired. I don't care. <laughs> My tech issue is bigger, more important than their tech issue. <laughs> Well, you quit, you finally, you, you, you didn't lead worship for an hour. <laughs> Listen to me. <sighs> I just tell them we were firing you. I just tell them we didn't need you. And you would agree. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, look, this is the point. See, see I'll bring you up to speed. So Israel goes through the Red Sea. The horse and the rider are thrown into the sea. They just watched their God deliver them. They sang a spontaneous worship out of the encounter they just had, out of the deliverance of the God. They didn't need a worship leader to remind them. They didn't need a worship leader to all of a sudden say, oh, let's see if we can get everybody wound up. Let's see if we, no, no, no. It erupted out of them because of what their God did. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Let me remind you what Jesus did for you. Let me remind you what God did for you. Let me remind you what Calvary did for you. Let me remind you what the Holy Spirit does for you on a daily basis. Let me remind you this morning. It's either true or it's not true what the Bible says. Listen to what, listen to what happens. I, I, you got you to gotta listen to this. This was not a song that was penned from somebody's, oh, this sounds like a nice song. It was penned from the experience that just happened at the moment. The Lord's my strength and the Lord's my song. He's my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea, and the choices of the officers are drowned in the sea. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand shattered the enemy. And the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your anger and it consumes them as chaff. Listen to me. You don't need somebody to lead you. You've got to get back to what your God has already done for you. It's time to stand. The day of evil has hit your life. And some of you wanted to run. The day of evil has hit your life. And you question God's motives. The day of evil has hit your life. And you responded with a faithless cry to God. Oh, God. I'm not being facetious. I'm saying, take a stand. I'm saying, take a stand. See God move. Take a stand. Take a stand. Listen. The church has got to become intentional again. 
We're haphazard sometimes. We gotta become intentional. That we would stand. The Lord. The Lord. This is my God. What's God saying to this house this morning? What's he saying to some individual? It's simple. It really is simple. It's not complex. It's not difficult. I think God's just simply saying, listen, I'm not oblivious to what's going on in your life. I'm not oblivious to the moments of your life. I see them. I see it. Trust me. Stand still. Stand still. Don't run to the left. Don't run to the right. By all means, don't you go backwards. Don't don't even get ahead of me. Anybody ever got ahead of God? Just stand. Stand. On truth, stand on the righteousness of God, stand by the sword of the Spirit, from a word from God, stand with the helmet of salvation. You stand, stand on a promise that God has made. You stand, you stand, and I'll work on your behalf. You stand on the earth, and I'll work in the heavenly realm. You stand, because I've already defeated those principalities and authorities. You stand, because I've already disarmed. You stand. Because if you'll stand, I promise you, you'll sing. say it again. Some of you got to stop letting the enemy punk you. Sometimes you just got to get on the gangster level. I met some guys in my life that nobody in the street would punk them. Oh my gosh, they get saved and they turn into the biggest sissies I ever saw in my life. The enemy's a punk. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's a bully. He wants to bully you back into a hole. He wants to bully you back into your oppression. He wants to bully you into not believing the promises of God. He wants to intimidate you. He uses fear to do it. He uses a show of force to do it. And God says, not today. Take a stand. Take a stand. I think sometimes this is going to sound really bad. (laughs) 
This is going to sound really bad. Some people are going to think I'm really off my rocker. Some of you have just been saved way too long. <laughs> no, I wish some of you I could take back to the beginning. I wish I could take some of you back to the beginning so you could catch the passion all over again. So you could catch the feeling all over again. So you could catch that moment all over again. That my God has set me free. My God has saved me. My God has delivered me. My God, some of you have come so used to the story that you've lost your passion. Some of you have heard the story for so long, you've lost your zeal. Some of you have heard the story so long, it is not, it is not, it is not exciting to you anymore. And I've got to tell you something this morning. It should never lose its excitement. It should never lose its passion. Come on, man. I'm just telling you, I don't know how to infuse people in the body of Christ anymore. I'm not talking about just our church. I'm just talking about, can we come back to saying, whoa, there's that power of God. Whoa, there's, come on. You know what I'm talking about this morning? Some of you should be dead. You should be dead 15 times. Some of you should be dead. Some of you should be in deep, dark depression in a hole somewhere, but you're not. But you're not. Some of you should still be filled with anxiety and you're not. Why? Why? It's because of what God does in your life. Okay, I'm done. Here's the deal. I could go on and on today. I really feel like it, but I'm not going to. Maybe. But I know the message that God gave last week, and I know that he wants to talk about today. It's time to take a stand. It is time for you to stand your ground. It is time for you to say, I'm not going to be moved anymore. I'm not going to be punked anymore. I'm not going back in a hole. I'm not going to be silent any longer. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to watch my God work on my behalf. Oh, you know what it's like. He's come at you through your money. He's come at you through your health. He's come at you through your kids. He's come at you through your sons. He's come at you through your daughters. He's come at you through your church. He's come through at you through insult and offense and injury. He's come at you through your workplace. He's come at you from every angle that he could. But I'm going to tell you something. You stand there today. Father, I just, I try to bring your word apart about this morning in such a way that, God, that you just wanted to inspire us this morning and you wanted to challenge us this morning and you wanted to encourage us this morning. And your word of encouragement said, stand, stand, my child, stand. I got you covered. I'll bring light to the dark places. This morning I was on the, my deck and I was looking at the sky early morning. And the clouds were all dark. All dark clouds. As far as I could see. And I looked up towards the mountain. And I saw a hole. There was a hole in the clouds. That light and blue sky was shining through. (laughs) What does that tell me? 
that even behind the darkest dark, there's a light that still shines. Even behind the darkest of dark, in the covering of darkness, there's still a light that shines. I want you to know this morning that there's a light that's going to expand on your horizon. Spirit of God says to you today, plant your feet and take a stand. The Spirit of God says to you today, take a stand and don't be moved. You know, I'm going to close with this one statement. The Bible says in Ezekiel that God was looking for something. The Bible says in Ezekiel that God was searching for a man who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I wouldn't destroy it, but I found no one. It's interesting to me. Think about this for just a moment. Had the people of God not stood and they'd have trusted on their own understanding, trusted on their own strength, tried to defeat Pharaoh in their own strength and ability, it would have had an impact for generations to come. But because they stood, God worked on their behalf, which had a direct impact on the generations come in a positive way. I want to say to you this morning that it takes a people who will stand in the day of evil to stand in the gap on behalf of the land. And I want to say to you this morning that it's going to take a people who will say, I'll stand in the day of evil so that I can see my land stand like it stands in the gap on behalf of the land that I live. I want to see a city changed. I want to see your families change. I want to see a region stand. I want to see a church that will say, I'll stand in the gap. But I got to tell you something. Before you can stand in the gap, you've got to stand in the day of evil. And how do you do it? You do it in the strength and the power of God. I'm giving you a commission today. Stand. Stand. That every time he starts to speak this week, tries to intimidate you, tries to cause fear. That faith would rise up in you and say, you know what? I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stand. And I'm going to watch my God take you out. I'm going to watch my God set a trap for you. I'm going to watch my God destroy you. I'm going to watch my God cause this to blow up in your face. And so, Father, this week, your word is stand, stand, in Jesus' name, amen. Go stand.